It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Oh, and yes! Touchdown! Did he get it? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric France and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Thanks for tuning in on a Friday. And uh, a lot of different things to get through here today. As uh, we've got Utah State basketball tonight. We've got Utah State hockey tonight. We've got Utah State women's basketball going on right now as we speak, actually. Uh, We'll have an update on that, how that game's going. And what I saw from the first quarter it wasn't going very good for the Aggies. So we'll uh, try to see if the, the tide has turned in USU's favor or not. Uh, then, of course, Utah State football late tomorrow night. And so well, a couple last-minute things on that uh, as we look ahead to the weekend. Busy for the Mountain West uh, and the NFL, the NBA, Utah Jazz in action. Oh, and by the way, the Mountain West announced their new conference commissioner today, which just kind of came out of the blue. But uh, we've known for a couple months now that uh, Craig Thompson is going to be stepping aside. So, I mean, I guess we knew the announcement was coming sooner or later. So we'll hear from the new conference commissioner, uh, Gloria uh, Navarez. Did I, I pronounce that right? I think that's how it said. <laughs> but I think, yes, Gloria Navarez. I should know because they said it in front of us on the press conference. Yeah, multiple times since she was introduced. But uh, we'll hear from her. Um, interesting selection. Love to get your thoughts on this as uh, the new new person in charge. Is there's really only been one conference commissioner in its entire life uh, as the uh, Mountain West Conference has been in existence, and now there's a transition happening here. So an update on her background and what she brings to the table for the Mountain West moving forward. Uh, so a lot of different things to cover. Love to get your thoughts, your reactions. Full Court Press text line is open, 435-339-0321 if you want to chime in. And, uh, by the way, you can uh, read more about um, Gloria Navarez on Cash Valley Daily. And we've already posted and shared the uh, press conference audio of uh, her introductory presser uh, today on the Full Court Press podcast feed. So multiple ways. To find out a little bit more about her, if you don't want to just take our word for it, uh, you will uh, you have multiple ways to find out who she is and what she brings to the table. Uh, before we get into that, though, uh, just uh, providing a quick update on what's going on with Utah State women's basketball hosting uh, southeastern Louisiana. Now, this was uh, where Kayla Ard came from, and so. Uh, she was pretty excited to have this this game on the schedule, but Southeast Louisiana jumped all over the Aggies early and led twenty to seven after the first quarter. Uh, Utah State kind of turned the tide a little bit more in their favor, but still, uh, as uh, early in the third quarter now, Southeast Louisiana still has the lead, forty three to thirty five. 
Yeah, Utah State got to within uh, seven at halftime. It was 34-27. Really weird first half for them because they shot it well from three. Or I should say Mason Kimball shot it well from three. She went four for four from three, and the team was five of seven. So you can see her uh, contributions to that total. Um, so the team was five of seven from three. They were like three of 14 on like all other shots. Three of 10 on layups. Uh, and then they were like 6 of 12 from the free throw line. It's like the only thing that kept them remotely in that game, or it's kind of kept them remotely in this game at all, has been three-point shooting. Although now they're, I think they're down 8. Yeah, they're down 8 right during now. A, during a media timeout. So South Louis, uh, Southeast Louisiana, the Lady Lions, with four steals and four blocks on the game so far. Yeah, Utah State's been turning it over a lot. They calmed down. They had a lot early in the game, and that's where Southeastern Louisiana kind of got the jump on them. Um, and so Utah State, like, they only have seven turnovers right now in the third quarter. But still, it's a bit of a rough outing for Utah State. This is hopefully just going to be one of those bumps they take early in the season where they're a new team and they're still figuring everything out for themselves. But if this is how they're going to play against the Mountain West – you might have another two or three win Mountain West schedule. And this is what I was afraid of because I wanted to be really optimistic about this team. There's a lot of good players, but can you fit all those good players together? And that was the one thing I couldn't, you know, be certain about was putting the talent together because there's talent on this team, but we got to see it all, all come together. Well, there was also a bit of a concern for me, too, that this team seemed to lack in size. It looked like they had shooters and ball handlers, players on the wing, but did they really have enough to contend with taller squads and I mean, four blocks? <laughs> I mean, uh, it's. It, but, I mean, that being said, e rebounds are pretty even here. So, uh, even though Utah State is a little bit undersized. You know, rebounding wise, it's it's really it's even, it's dead even. But the ability to uh, do well in the low post uh, and uh, attack the rim, that's that's a concern that's being exposed today. Yeah, that really is one of the two areas where size is mattering for Utah State. Rebounding wise, I think they'll do fine most of the year. Um, you can get around, you know, rebounding without size. It's possible. Plenty of teams have done that in the history of basketball. What you can't make up for, one thing you brought up is, you know, finishing at the rim. Utah State has not been able to finish at the rim very well. Um, none of their players. And they're getting bottled up by length inside. And then on the other end of the court, they struggle to protect the rim, you know, their own rim. And so they're getting beaten a lot in those two areas. It happened against College of Idaho where they struggled to finish inside and it was something I was a little worried about. They shot well from outside, but as a team, they shot like 39%. Like, from the field, they shot in like the mid to high 30s from three, which, you know, was good. But shooting below 40% as a team wasn't, and part of that was the inability to finish inside. And then College of Idaho, you know, again, being an NAIA team, was able to finish inside, or at least get inside post position. They didn't finish well. Part of that is because they're not very good. But other teams, like southeastern Louisiana, who's now up to – they're up 13 now. <laughs> they've, they've gone on a run. Yeah. That, um, that, that defense is uh, really struggling for USU. Yeah. So it's just 
You hope that they can figure out ways, because there's ways where you can defend the inside, you know, without length, too. They're a lot harder to pull off than rebounding without size. Like last year, Utah State defended pretty well inside the arc with Brandon Horvath as their so-called rim protector. They did well, but a lot of it was team defense. And right now, Utah State hasn't figured that out. We'll see if they can. So uh, that as soon as well, we'll let you know. We'll provide some updates on this game as it continues uh, later. But later on tonight, it'll be the Utah State men's team um, in uh, in action, uh, and um, this is kind of a um, I don't know if it, maybe somewhat of a similar storyline here, but in reverse, in that Bradley doesn't have a ton of size, and Utah State does, and so. They're looking at ways to uh, attack Utah State with their speed and uh, find ways to get around Utah State's length. Because Utah State has a, a starting starting unit that's really pretty big and pretty tall. And uh, their, their starting center, uh, I think as you talked about just the other day, what, 6'9"? Yeah, Maybe he's their one, tallest the one, guy? Yeah, the one is uh, starting in place of the injured one. Who the injured one's only like six ten, I think he might be six ten, six eleven. But yeah, their their fill in starter right now is just six nine. They have they're starting a couple of six uh, six nine forwards, I think. So yeah, a little little short there. Yeah, and, and uh, I was reading some stuff from uh, a report from their neck of the woods that basically, you know, that's uh, they're very much aware of Utah State's size, and so that's something that they're going to have to try to overcome and do that with their their speed or trying to deny especially any entry passes uh, for Utah State but that's not really how Utah State operates and it's not like a team that that because of their size it's all throw it down to the low post and let the big man go to work that's really not how Ryan Odom operates and see here's where it's going to be a big deal for you know this matchup again it's not gonna be in the post like you said the only real like you know post up players they have really the you know, Dan Atkin does have a post game. Mainly, he has a uh, a hook shot that he'll go to, but that's obviously not you know the primary option. Trevin Dorius can put his back to the basket, but he doesn't have the touch. Shimon Zapala might be the best post player, but he might not even best post player in terms of you know post up offense. But he's not going to play. So where this will impact Utah State, or you know help or hurt them is is you know. Bradley not having a rim protector, which hmm. granted, when they have their starting center, he's not really a rim protector either. He averaged like 0.8 blocks per game. When you watched the, when I watched, you know, UVU, and I was, and I've gone back and rewatched it, the uh, effect of Aziz Bandego, the seven footer that UVU was putting out there, he had some serious rim deterrence, um, and that hurt Utah State's ability to finish inside. If they'd finished inside well in that game, they would have won the game by 25 points instead of 17. It would have never been in question. So for Bradley, if Utah State is getting those same opportunities at the rim or same possibilities for attack, then Bradley's in deep trouble because they won't be able to make up for that with a rim protector. So... For Utah State, it's try and get those same opportunities at the rim, and then this time you'll be able to finish them a little easier. You know, that's an easy, you know, 
so, method for success. So it might be kind of an exciting night for somebody like Sean Bearstow, who likes to attack the rim. Oh, yeah. He, he, he could have a field day because if he gets around players, um, also Z Hamoda. He's a guy mm. who, you know, I was just rewatching a little bit of it today, and there are a couple times where he's able to blow by his guy and get to the rim. I was like, dang, that, he, he's really learned how to get to the rim, but he couldn't finish because, you know, we've got a big seven-footer and he's not skilled enough to get around that yet. So several guys, you know, Bearstow, Hamoda, even Rylan Jones, who might still be affected by a 6'9 rim protector, but it'll be slightly easier, uh, Taylor Funk, Dan Akin, a lot of these guys were impacted by that rim protection from UVU, and if that's not there, they will do much better inside. And if you're making your layups and getting a lot of easy layups, then you don't lose. Right. Yeah, that's true. So that will be interesting to see that kind of that balance between being able to attack the rim against a relatively speaking smaller opponent uh, versus still holding a commitment to you know, kicking it out for outside shooting for three-point shots. Because there's a lot of these guys who can and will let it fly from beyond the arc for Utah State. Yeah, for Utah State. And you know, Bradley's got some shooters too, so this could be interesting, especially because we've been talking about Bradley's lack of size, but Utah State's not going to be that much taller. Um, at least in terms of the front court. Because the front court, you're starting the 6'8", six, 6'9", six, depending on who you ask, Taylor Funk. And they they may or may not start Trevin Dorius. I don't know how committed um, Ryan Odom's going to be to starting Trevin. But if Dan Atkin plays those you know starting-level minutes, he played 27 minutes against UVU. If he's playing most of those minutes, then you know it's a bunch of 6'9 guys going at each other in the post all day. And there will be some size advantage for Utah State in uh, Sean Bearstow over some of those, you know, the wings. I don't know if if uh, Bradley has a six eight wing. There's they started a six foot six guy in the previous game. Um, although Rylan Jones will probably for the first time in his life, at least since being in high school, be starting across from a guy who's shorter than him, <laughs> and he'd be like four inches taller too. You've got Duke Dean listed at five eight. Yeah, uh, Rylan Jones at six foot. Um, so yes, it'll be a little bit different for Rylan Jones to be looking down on a on a defender. Yeah, uh, rather than looking up. Uh, but you're right. I mean, at every position, Utah State has size and length over Bradley. Yeah, to match, and I think they'll be just as quick. So it will be interesting. In that, I'm I'm not sure how good of rim finishers Bradley has. Um, wasn't really able to watch their game. So it'll be interesting to see how these two teams do defensively on the inside. You've got an interesting note on your uh, preview article just kind of comparing pace and offensive and defensive ratings from these two teams. But that's based off of, you know, I know. (laughs) understandably, (laughs) folks need to look at this and understand this off of one game where Utah State played a quality whack opponent Bradley played like a lower level. Team yeah, that's why I was, really ran up the score. I was hesitant to like put all that stuff in there because I plan on having that for like every game. But you know, it says Bradley's offensive rating is one thirty eight. I was like, well, yeah, it's because they scored ninety three points against a non major school. Um, so that's kind of iffy. Um, small sample size alert. So it, it will be interesting to see how the, these two teams do. I think Bradley, they're a good shooting team. That's the thing to watch out for. 
So as long as you're still defending the inside, well, again, talked about if Utah State gets layups, the game's over. But if Bradley's getting layups, then it's also over for Utah State because they'll go inside out, you know, get layups. And then if you overcommit on layups, you end up giving up three-point shots to, you know, several good three-point shooters for Bradley. Yeah, I'm uh, – I, I had it, now I've lost it. But um, Taylor Funk, when he was with St. Joe's, went up against Bradley. So he personally has experience. Um, and uh, last time he played them, he scored 20 points, grabbed nine rebounds, but Bradley won that game, 77-73. to 73. So kind of an interesting side note there. Uh, Taylor Funk has experience with this team and how they operate, and he's performed pretty well as an individual. And uh, I think he's probably got a little better supporting cast around him now than he had uh, last year. So it could be interesting to see. You know, If he's able to do that, uh, he got some confidence uh, Monday with Utah State, getting more familiar in this gym with the uh, fans and, and the new surroundings. Uh, you know, it looks like it, this is a team that will uh, at least provide opportunities for Taylor Funk to be able to have a solid game. Yeah, certainly you'll, you'll look for Taylor Funk to have a similar game to the first one, you know, scoring in the mid to high teens ideally and then grabbing a bunch of rebounds. You know, nine rebounds would be about maybe what you want. 14 is probably on the high end of what Taylor Funk is going to do at Utah State. I mean, there's a career, there's a reason that that 14 is his career high to this point, um, you know, through all of his college days. So if he's able to have that really good inside out, get those rebounds inside, play good interior defense, um, you know, be able to attack the, you know, the rim, you know, a few times um, against Bradley where it'll be a little easier. And then obviously three-point shooting his strength. If he's able to do all those things, then you're getting the perfect game from Taylor Funk. 435-339-0321. If you want to chime in here on the Full Court Press, Utah State taking on Bradley tonight. Pre-game coverage on our sister station, KVNU, with KVNU game day starting at 6 o'clock. Tip-off will be at 7. For those who can't make it, um, the game will be streamed on the uh, Mountain West Network online. You can watch it there. But then as soon as the game is over, we'll be back on with Al Lewis and John Russell with some commentary from Jalen Moore as well on KVNU with uh, KVNU Aggie Call, taking your phone calls and reactions to uh, the day's action there in the spectrum. Um, So anyway, that's uh, coming up. If you want to continue to weigh in on that, some news and prep about uh, Utah State basketball getting ready for game number two in this young season, and to see what adjustments they make against another... Well, it's a quality opponent. It's not necessarily super high in the net, um, but they were a decent team a year ago and looked like they could still be a pretty decent team this year. And really, frankly, not bad for this early in the season to be facing a team like that on your schedule, um, trying to gain some momentum going into, which could be a really interesting Mountain West Conference. So we'll get into more of that, your comments. We'll also hear more from the new commissioner for the Mountain West Conference, Gloria Navarez, who met with the media earlier today. We'll hear from her coming up on the Full Court Press. 
Well, we've waited, and it's finally here. It's the Logan Holiday Gift Show presented by Coppins Hallmark, and it's happening right now until 7 o'clock tonight at the Riverwoods Conference Center on South Main Street in Logan. Swing around to the east side of the building for the main entrance, and there's plenty of parking in the covered parking area. It's cold outside, and it's nice and warm inside, and you'll find all the sights and sounds and smells of the holidays, and you can get a lot of your Christmas shopping done all in one or two days. you got today and tomorrow. It runs from 10 a.m. till 7 tomorrow as well here at the Riverwoods Conference Center. Let me give you an example of a few of the vendors that are here. Uh, Katie Did Vintage is here. The Hemp Folk, Twice as Loved Doll, Memory Lane Productions, Poppies and Sage, Curate Company is here with some great furniture and decor. Iris Jewelry and Creations is here at the Riverwoods Conference Center. Huckleberry Moose, Scentsy Candles, CJ Laser Works, and many, many more. Santa Claus is here from until six, from two to six today, and then tomorrow from eleven to four. You don't want to miss the Logan Holiday Gift Show presented by Cuppins Hallmark and the Cash Valley Media Group going on right now till seven o'clock tonight at the Riverwoods Conference Center. Not sure what to do for Thanksgiving dinner? Does the thought of that mess turn you off? Then call the Beehive Pub and Grill. They have an amazing family-style Thanksgiving meal ready to go. Just order by Friday, November 18th by 5 p.m. Pick up on November 23rd between noon and 6. Heat and serve. That's it. A full Thanksgiving meal with all the normal fix-ins without the hassle. Prices will vary. Order for two or get meals for six. Call for details. Beehive Pub and Grill, Logan. Your skis are skinny and your boots tie with leather. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You need up-to-date ski equipment and your kids want the good stuff. Al's Sporting Goods has season ski rental for the entire family. Ski and board equipment that you can rent for the entire season. Pick them up now, bring them back in May. And for a limited time, get a free Cherry Peak Lift Pass. Youth season ski or snowboard rental, only $99. Adult season ski or snowboard rentals, only $114. Don't wait. 99 and 114 season ski rental prices will go up. Al's Sporting Goods for season ski rentals. Every sport, every season. With inflation at record highs, why buy new if you can repair your current machine? Daryl's Appliances factory trained technicians spend hundreds of hours in training each year to ensure your appliance is repaired right the first time. You can have peace of mind. They offer no risk service, meaning if you want to purchase new, instead of repair, you can apply up to $95 of your service call towards an appliance purchase. See store for details. Daryl's West on Airport Road, open until 6 p.m. on weekdays, 5 on Saturday. This is Ryan at My Mattress. We've teamed up with Ridgeline High School Booster Club to bring you the Mattress Warehouse Sale of the Year. November 11th and 12th at Ridgeline High School. My Mattress, Maloof, and Serenoni will have truckloads of mattresses. Mattress protectors, sheets, pillows, accessories, Serenoni blankets, and more at blowout, rock-bottom prices. Plus, you'll save thousands on Sealy, Intellibed, and Tempur-Pedic. That's Friday, November 11th, 4 p.m. to 10 p.m., and Saturday the 12th, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Don't miss this chance for blowout pricing from My Mattress, Maloof, and Serenoni, November 11th and 12th at the Ridgeline High School Mattress Warehouse Sale. This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems, your home team when local matters. Valley Office Systems is your local provider for all things office, copiers, printers, furniture, and document management. Proudly serving Cache Valley since 2007. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com.
Lovely and Instant Oil Change open seven days a week at 695 North Main and Logan. Quick, clean, easy, how it should be when it comes to getting your oil changed. So stop in today, 695 North Main. Uh, so, yeah, Utah State women's basketball time is winding out. Um, and uh, looks like they're still trying to make, uh, you know, there's still some fight left in them. They're not just rolling over. Second half kind of get gotten away. Well, the third quarter got away from them. First quarter really got away from them. Trying to make this fourth quarter interesting. Yeah, like because yeah, the Utah State won the second quarter twenty to fourteen. They're winning the fourth quarter seven to two. They're within seven. I was I was following along earlier, and either one of, there's either a miss input on the uh, stats or one of the most glorious moments in women's basketball because it says somebody made a dunk. Whoa, really? <laughs> I don't think that's accurate, though. They probably meant to put layup. But maybe I'll check the highlights later to find out if one of their guards made a dunk. Coming from a guard, no less. Yeah. <laughs> well, I clicked on the, the player just so it doesn't happen to be like, you know, like a six foot six, you know, player that just didn't happen. It just says they're starting guard, so it doesn't have her height listing, but I have my doubts that she's tall enough to to dunk it. Throw it down. <laughs> <laughs> and it was off a play. It was frustrating where Southeastern Louisiana like missed two straight layups. It was kind of like an offensive rebound fest, and they kept getting offensive rebounds off their own missed layups. And then on like the third or fourth one, they finally made a, well, what I'm assuming is a layup, but it says dunk. <laughs> yeah, those can always be frustrating for a defense. You can't yeah. get those. Uh, 435-339-0321-9315 texts in. This will be the first time the short jokes won't be about Ajay. (laughs) Well, in the first game, uh, after one of the plays, Taylor Funk, I think it was Taylor Funk, maybe it was Sean Bairstow, but after he made like a layup or something, he did a little like, you know, put his hand like kind of toward the ground, flat or parallel to the ground, making fun of, you know, the short player, (laughs) too small. (laughs) No, I don't think anybody else noticed that. I mean, a couple people did, but some of the people next to me noticed. But Uh, By the way, Utah State tonight is favored over Bradley. Have you seen this? Um, Have you seen what the line is? I didn't see the line. So what would you guess the line would be for tonight? Five. Seven and a half. Okay. Do you like that? Or do you think it would be closer to a five-point game? Um, I don't like basketball spreads. <laughs> so <laughs> You've made this clear earlier. <laughs> um... That's probably a good spread because I could see, you know, Utah State winning by double digits, but there's also definitely a world in which, you know, you Bradley covers. So that's not a bad spread. You know, if Utah State plays the way they should tonight, if they play a fairly similar to how they did against UVU, you know, they'll cover the spread. But if they're not consistent, Bradley will cover or win. Yeah, for me, it's uh, how how good is that Utah State perimeter defense going to be tonight? Um, and I think they have the players to do that. But I would I would actually I'd pick Utah State to cover. Yeah, and that's that's certainly fair. And that's not a slight against Bradley. Yeah, it's just I think that based on their strength and how Utah State is built, I like Utah State in this matchup. Yeah, Utah State is very well built to defend. They have. You know, in their starting lineup, two really good perimeter defenders in Rylan Jones and, and Max Shulga. They have Zihamoda coming off the bench, who's a good defender. Sean Barrister at least has length. He's not a great defender, but he's at least capable. 
And then, you know, if you're getting good production on defense out of Taylor Funk and Trevin slash Dan Akin, you know, that's a versatile defense that can guard inside, or at least outside, and mostly defend inside. Ryan Odom teams have done very well guarding inside the arc, despite a lot of his teams not really having length, even at UMBC. True. There was uh, one game in the Mountain West last night. Wyoming beat Nichols 79-68. to Now, they were favored by three Nichols, but they beat them by 11 points. So their next game will be against Dimes. <laughs> I guess. A couple of Mountain West teams already playing right now. Uh, Fresno State at UC Santa Barbara. It's a one-point game in the second quarter, six minutes to go. Second sorry, now quarter? Two, sorry, second half. We were just watching women's. I know, that's the problem. When you're, when you're trying to cover women's basketball and men's basketball at the same time, you end up just... Isn't men's basketball supposed to be transitioning to quarters by now? That'd be nice because if you exclude, like, little league, you know, junior jazz-style leagues, they're pretty much the only league in existence that uses halves. Yeah, I thought that there was there was a period where uh, NCAA was going to go to a, a four-quarter format, and they would start it with women's basketball and then eventually adopted for men's, but I don't know what the timeline is on that or if that got kiboshed. I don't know. But nonetheless, you see Santa Barbara leading Fresno State now by three, 44 to 41, uh, f- about 5.48 to go in the second half. Uh, Air Force leading Delaware early in the second half, well, about halfway through the second half in their game, 52 to 39. So some early basketball games going on today. And uh, in starting here soon, this is really cool. Um, I didn't realize it was starting as early in the day as it is, but you've got. Um, Michigan State and Gonzaga playing a basketball game on an aircraft carrier. Yeah, I saw that, and I saw one joke because I think it showed a clip of, I think it was the Michigan State team being like raised on this basically giant elevator. Um, that they used uh, to bring up like airplanes. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. <laughs> and then uh, somebody said, looks like Michigan State has solved the uh, tunnel problem, <laughs> you know, oh. back from the, the fight between them and Michigan. <laughs> That's that's how you solve that problem. Uh, Tell you what, though, that Fresno State UC Santa Barbara game is going to be a low-scoring game. Yeah, it's surprising. Um, as deep into the game as it is, <laughs> neither of them have crossed fifty. No. Um, so anyway, uh, Utah State and Bradley tip off at seven tonight. Aggies favored by seven and a half. Uh, I, I would I would pick the Aggies to cover, but I think Bradley will be a good team and they'll they'll be feisty. So I think it'll be. A, um, they've shown that they can move the ball around a lot and shoot the ball. Uh, but granted, that was against a lower-level opponent. So this early, we're still trying to figure out who these teams really are. Uh, and frankly, you know, U- Utah Valley was missing some of their key guys. So they weren't really at full strength. And one guy that they were excited about having back was in foul trouble all night. So he was pretty much a non-factor. Yes, we'll, we'll see how Utah State does. I'm really looking to see if they can maintain the the you know the defense they had the offense you know it it was you know at least kind of better than some of my preseason expectations where like I was hoping to see good stuff out of Max Shulga and Sean Bearstow but I wasn't like banking on it but then they showed that stuff so I was I was obviously pleased and Taylor Funk did around when I was expecting but the defense that's where 
you know, I had my suspicions. I thought this was going to be a really good defensive team, and they confirmed those suspicions. But I want to see if that's a consistent thing, um, you know, across several games. Uh, so anyway, if you want to weigh in, we'd love to hear your thoughts, your predictions for tonight, 435-339-0321. Uh, we've also got some comments that we want to get to from the uh, new, newly announced, I should say, uh, commissioner for the Mountain West Conference, Gloria Navarez, who will uh, begin her official duties on January 1 of this upcoming year. Uh, but before we move off of Utah State and just kind of uh, update on Mountain West scores, we had kind of mentioned this the other night, but I feel like we need to share it with our audience so they can hear it straight from the horse's mouth, as it were. <laughs> I see what you did there. Leon Rice uh, and the Broncos with a win uh, the other day, talking about one of his players and how excited he was to get into the game. Well, you know, think about that. He's He has been waiting for three, so probably a little over-aroused. <laughs> you know, I think that's – he just wanted, you know, because when you've waited for it for so long, it's hard to manage – your emotions. I mean, it's just. Wait, what? What did he say? Probably a little over aroused. There's a joke I can make that get me kicked off the air. I mean, <laughs> did he describe every every Mormon guy who's waited until wedding night? I mean, it's a little excited after waiting for so long. Yeah. When you've waited for it for so long, it's hard to manage your emotions. <laughs> what, what is going on? I mean, is he like hanging out with Troy Calhoun and taking notes on how to say weird crap? Must have had like, must have gone and had drinks last night or something. We both went to a bar and just like, <laughs> hey, what's the craziest weed? thing you ever said in a post game? <laughs> well, let me tell you. All right, I'm gonna try to top you. <laughs> Basically, oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Probably a little over-aroused. <laughs> is, is he, like, got a thesaurus next to his, on his nightstand, he's trying to expand his vocabulary? Well, it's like he said it, and then he's kind of, like, chuckling, like, oh, yeah, I know what I just said. Can't <laughs> imagine being in the room, like, uh, do you realize what you just said, coach? Yeah, I'd probably just stop asking questions. But like, all right, uh, let it gonna, roll. I'm gonna just end it right here, guys. It's when, it's when the SID just comes and is like, "All right, we're done. We don't need, we don't need that anymore." Oh, bizarre, weird, weird stuff. Uh, all right, we'll take a timeout here in the full court press. Collect ourselves. Uh, when we come back, let's talk about the new uh, commissioner. For the Mountain West Conference, officially introduced today, uh, the release was sent out this morning, and then just shortly after, they're like, hey, we're going to do a press conference. And so it's like, oh, I guess I'm going to drop whatever I had planned and uh, you know, get on there and find out who she is and what her plans are. So we'll hear from her coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, but first, just want to remind you about the Logan Holiday Gift Show that's going on right now at the Riverwoods Conference Center. And... Um, there are a bunch of different vendors. There are about 100 different vendors from gifts for kids to gifts that you'd want, services uh, that are available for your home or for your office. But uh, there's food vendors on hand. So if you get hungry, 
And there's uh, uh, food trucks outside as well. But places like BB Gear and uh, Tupperware, Chuck Wagon Supply, uh, Senske Services, Cold Stone, Rocky Mountain Chocolate is there, uh, Sugared by Celeste, Chloe's Woodshop, just to name a few of the different vendors that are on hand uh, for unique uh, Christmas gift ideas, holiday decor that you can't really find anywhere else. So go check it out. Going on until 7 o'clock tonight and again from 10 to 7 tomorrow. Santa is going to be there today until 6 o'clock. Then he'll be there tomorrow from 11 to 4. So go check it out. Going on right now at the uh, Riverwoods Conference Center. It's the Logan Holiday Gift Show going on today and tomorrow. Hey, you know what sounds amazing? What's that? Three-day weekends. Well, you know, Schreiber Foods will give you three-day weekends. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they're hiring forklift drivers. You work Monday through Thursday, 12-hour shifts. You get Friday, Saturday, and Sunday off. But I don't know how to drive forklift. That's okay. We do in-house training and certification. No way. Three-day weekends. Here I come. Schreiber Foods is expanding and offering increased wages, benefits, and yes to three-day weekends. Apply online at schreiberfoods.com. Equal opportunity employer. The Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cache Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cache Valley. Our team of experts look forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs. With competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cache Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center, just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think young, drive young. Are you a small business owner? Who's your bank? This is Bruce Rigby. I want to invite you to bank with us at Cash Valley Bank. We specialize in helping small business and we have great people. That's the Cash Valley Bank difference. Decisions made locally without all the red tape by people who care and know how to help small business. Cash Valley Bank, growing, expanding, and proud to have our roots firmly planted in Cash Valley. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. Which local high schools do you follow and support? Find your favorite high school logoed items at the Locker 42 North store. Yes, Locker 42 North has high school logoed hoodies, t-shirts, blankets, and more. Green Canyon, Mountain Crest, Logan, Ridgeline, and Skyview can all find their high school logos on apparel at Locker 42 North. And high school logoed items make great Christmas gifts. Logoed items from all your favorite high schools exclusively at the Locker 42 North store, 1430 North Main, next to Little Caesars. Nothing compares to the warmth and feel that a wood stove provides. The two-time Best of Northern Utah winning team says there's never been a better time to replace your old inefficient wood stove and install a new energy-efficient EPA-certified Vermont casting wood product in your home. The U.S. government is offering federal tax credits of 26% on your wood stove install. For Vermont casting units, that includes stoves, venting, and labor. Call or email Advanced Fireplace and Stove for a free in-home estimate. Call 435-752-7272 or go to advancedfireplaceandstove.com. Thermo Fisher Scientific is hiring for their manufacturing, distribution, and warehouse team. And that's great news for anyone seeking a rewarding career. Thermo Fisher offers positions across multiple shifts, competitive compensation, health benefits, paid time off, bonuses, and an excellent work environment. Help Thermo Fisher make the world healthier, cleaner, and safer. Visit job.thermofisher.com and search Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is an equal opportunity employer. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Uh, You can hear the full press availability and uh, introduction with Gloria Navarez. 
announced earlier today as the next commissioner of the Mountain West Conference, only the second in this conference's history. Uh, she was introduced by uh, Board of Directors Chair uh, Garnet Stokes. I believe Stokes is the president of University of Nevada? Uh, New Mexico, I think. New Mexico. Okay. I didn't. I joined just as she was introducing herself, and I missed that. Uh, but Navarez has been the commissioner of the West Coast Conference since 2018. So she knows what it takes to be a conference commissioner of a decent conference. She spent time in the Pac-12. She was at Oklahoma. She has connections to the Mountain West, where she really started on this path at San Jose State University. Um, she was at uh, Cal. That's her, her time in the Pac-12. Um, but um, she's on the NIT, Men's Basketball Selection Committee. Uh, she's on the Men's Basketball Oversight Committee. She's uh, board on the board of directors for USA Basketball. So she's got, she's got a pretty healthy resume coming to the Mountain West Conference. Now, one of the questions was, well, you co- she comes from the West Coast Conference that has Gonzaga, which performs well in men's basketball, and has other sports that perform of you know decent, uh, competitive nature and how they compete in their Olympic sports. But there's no football there at West Coast Conference. And uh, that was one of the early questions asked of her, and she kind of wanted to remind people of that you know, she's she's been around football before, and she's eager to be a part of a conference that has it again. If you look back on my path, um, my entire career has been in and around large football. WCC has been the the stop where we, we don't have, um, we don't sponsor football as a league. So there isn't a piece of big football that I haven't worked with and around. And as we know, it powers the association. And so for me, this is a great opportunity. I attended large public state institutions, high school, college, law school, um, have worked at majority of my career at like institutions. And I'm really excited to get back to my roots in, in large public institutions and football sponsoring institutions. Yeah. So, I mean, Obviously, when you heard she was coming from the West Coast Conference that and was the commissioner there, I was like, that was one of the first thoughts popped into my head. Is oh, yeah, they don't have football over there. But in the end, it wasn't really a major concern of mine. Obviously, I got to ask about it. Um, but it's not like I was worried she was going to walk into the meeting, they start talking about football, and she's like, what's football? Because, <laughs> you know, obviously, there's gonna you need to have a knowledge of it, but... You know, for the kind of job she's going to be having, it's not like she has to have the super internal knowledge of football. She needs to know, you know, the behind-the-scenes stuff, which there's at least going to be a lot of overlap in terms of, you know, with basketball and with football. And even in the differences that are there, she has been involved on the football side anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so she's she's made many stops along her, her, her journey here, as she called it, her path, where she's been very much involved with uh, programs that have football as a, uh, a big part of what they do and who they are. Um, and so that will be a, a big test. One thing that I regret with the setup that I had during this is I wasn't able to get on and ask a question. Um, she didn't address it, but I think a big question going forward will be you know, renegotiating media rights moving forward. 
But I will say this, the one thing that was mentioned multiple times from President Stokes is that there was a really interesting pool of candidates that came forward and that Navarez just kept blowing them away. And so they were impressed with her enthusiasm and her vision for the future of where this, this, uh, this conference needs to go moving forward. And certainly one of those is uh, that this is, this is a period of time that has a lot of questions, not just media rights, but like, are your member institutions healthy? Is your conference going to hang together? And with rumors, gosh, earlier this week about San Diego State potentially jumping ship and going to the Pac-12, there were a number of questions in regards to realignment and um, you know, if that's something that is uh, on her radar and how that, uh, how that could be handled and, or if um, there should be an opportunity for expansion to improve and, and make it a little bit more healthy. In fact, that was your question to her. Jason. Yeah, and nobody had really brought that up. They would kind of been slightly touched because um, one of the the guys we was the guy from New Mexico, um, Jeff Grammer. Jeff Grammer. He asked about. I uh, was talking about kind of the Gonzaga situation, and um, and we'll probably play that clip later in regards to you know kind of preferential treatment for uh, media deals and whatnot. But they didn't really ask about expansion, and so I was like, uh, Hey, what about expansion? Like, how important is that for the growth of the conference? So I. I Felt like that had to be addressed because that's a huge aspect for the Mountain West being in this, you know, position, you know, trying to make sure they stay together while also maybe even expanding a little bit. And this was her response. You know, for any conference, I think the question of expansion is really about what is your why? What are you trying to achieve? And then the number that you're at, does it achieve that why? So positioning the Mountain West to get additional teams in the CFP or the NCAA men's basketball tournament or in all sports in the end, getting more teams at the NCAA tournament at the highest possible seating, that should be our why. So does, then we have to ask ourselves if we're losing folks, do we need to replace them? And are there replacements that further that why? So it's not for me a quick Yes, we should always be at X number of schools, but a deep analysis of, all right, who do we have in the league? Who, if someone gets lured away, who who and what do they represent to us and what are we losing? And who and what is available to then either replace, expand, and continue us towards that why? Yeah, I mean, the, the Mountain West really hasn't lost anybody for quite a while in today's terms. Yeah, like... But it was like since 2011 or thereabouts. But certainly, it's been a conference that's been targeted multiple times by multiple conferences, and uh, some. Really, the only factor that's been consistent is just that. Um, it's not that these schools didn't want to leave. It's just that the conferences who may have been flirting with them ultimately didn't extend an official invite, because had an official invite come they would have left. Yeah, I thought it was interesting how many times she kind of just brought up, you know, if somebody leaves. I think it was at least twice in that little cut there. It was interesting given the rumors about San Diego State that she kept bringing up. It was more about what happens if we lose somebody rather than do we look to expand as we are now. That's something we criticized Craig Thompson a little bit for was that you know, he was good with where they were at, and he was just trying to not lose anybody, whereas we felt like he should have gone out and gotten 
schools. And Navarez seems to be kind of similar in that she didn't really, obviously it's hard for her in the position she's in to talk specifically about expanding, um, you know, try not to make too many headlines or like, oh, we're definitely going to go out there and get somebody. Right. Um, but that's something we want for this conference is to go out and find somebody. Obviously, don't just get someone just to get someone. Don't pick up New Mexico State just because. Right. But, you know, they kind of missed the opportunity. We'd like to see some expansion if it makes sense. Maybe try and poach the AAC, see if you can get someone to jump ship from there, you know, while things are really in flux there. Well, that may be part of it too. Just that the, the 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 market and availability just isn't there like it was maybe a year ago, when there was uncertainty, when there was movement going on. And today, just what what's really out there that the Mountain West could honestly, legitimately persuade, and it's it's not really that great to be honest. And so, that's probably the line that she needs to to be towing. Is that look, we're we're focused on our member institutions right now, and let's try to keep everybody here. And But if somebody leaves, then we look at replacements, not being in a, an aggressive expansion mode. Yeah, I don't know where you'd be able to expand. You know, if San Diego State lose, do you try and pick up some California schools like San Francisco? But I don't think San Francisco has football. No. So, like there's not really a comparable team to San Diego State that has, you know, most of the sports. There's none of the football. There's a couple of decent basketball schools, but nobody to replace San Diego. Uh, we'll hear more from uh, Gloria Navarez, introduced today as the next commissioner for the Mountain West Conference. Coming up a little bit later on, we'll also preview what else is going on this weekend, a very busy weekend with college, NFL, uh, NBA. We'll get through all that uh, things to look for and watch for on this Veterans Day and a day that we salute the veterans and those that um, have served and currently serve to protect our freedoms at home and abroad. We'd salute you and your many years of service and the sacrifices that you and your family have had to make. The Logan Holiday Gift Show presented by Coppins Hallmark and the Cash Valley Media Group has been a tradition for a lot of folks for a lot of years. And it's underway officially right now till 7 o'clock tonight. You don't want to miss it. If you can't get in today, you want to make sure you get here tomorrow. The hours are from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. both today and tomorrow. Santa Claus will be here periodically. So bring your youngsters and they'll get in free. You can bring the stroller inside too. Real nice atmosphere. All the sights and sounds and smells and products, ideas. You can do some shopping while you're here and get a lot of your holiday shopping done right now this weekend at the Logan Holiday Gift Show presented by the Cash Valley Media Group and Coppins Hallmark. You'll find Infuse here with those cool bot uh, water bottles. Moji Life by Stacy. You'll find Peace of Paradise, Day's Hobbyland, to mention just a few. Blue Pine Custom Lighting is here. Come see them. Um, Easy Peasy Polish. He's here to mention just a few of the awesome vendors where you'll find some great ideas and gifts. Logan Holiday Gift Show till 7 o'clock tonight at the Riverwoods Conference Center, South Main in Logan by the Marriott. Free parking and two bucks get you in. Kids are free. Aegis Home Health and Hospice loves helping the people they serve. Aegis is a home health and hospice organization that lives by core values of character, experience, and trust. Every day, Aegis' goal is to help you with whatever your health care needs are and to do it wherever you need us to. Aegis, A-E-G-I-S, Aegis Home Health and Hospice. Call 723-9000 or find them at myagis.com. 
Clean it up and get it out before the snow flies. Don't wait another winter. Let DD Auto and Salvage pay you for that junk vehicle. DD Auto and Salvage makes it so easy and fast to get rid of your junker vehicles by paying you the most money possible. Pickup is available. If you have metal, DD Auto and Salvage and Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787 1204. That's 1204 today. See store for details. It's USU Hockey Game Time at the Eccles Ice Center. Metro invades Aggie Home Ice. Make sure they know this is the Aggies house. Be rocking by 7 p.m. sharp. And make sure to wear your pink in the ring. Avoid the lines. Get your tickets early at usu.edu slash hockey. That's usu.edu slash hockey. And day of at the Eccles Ice Center. USU Hockey takes on Metro tonight at 7 p.m. Don't forget, it's pink on rink night. Do you have your tickets? Talking the Sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. At Napa Auto Parts, you'll be more prepared for the cold winter weather. You can save up to $16 on a pair of Rain-X silicone wiper blades or take the $10 instant rebate on a set of Napa Exact Fit wiper blades. How about ice scrapers and snow brushes? Uh, windshield de-icer. You find all of that and a whole lot more at the five locally owned Preston uh, from Preston and Providence Napa Auto Parts stores. So, a couple score updates here on the Full Court Press. Utah State women uh, hosting Southeast Louisiana earlier this afternoon up in the Spectrum, part of a doubleheader like they had on Monday. And Jason, that looks like that game's gone final. Yeah, it went final. Utah State uh, falls uh, 78-68 to Southeast Louisiana. Um, Put up a good fight in a couple of quarters. That first quarter just really dooming them. Because if you exclude that, then uh, I think they win this game, if I'm doing the math right, because they lost that quarter by 13. End up, uh, you know, outscoring Southeast Louisiana. That's just too many syllables. <laughs> SLU, um, you know, in, in two of the other quarters, because they win the second quarter 20-14, to the fourth quarter 23-21. But ultimately, just that really rough start hurts them. So, a little more encouraged by this game, you know, having it, seeing it play out the rest of the way. I'll need to go back and actually watch. Um, I was able to watch some of the first and second quarter, which was the bad part. Mm. So, there's some encouraging things. Obviously, it shows that there are some real weaknesses in this team right now. Um, so, we'll see if they're able to grow over the course of their non conference schedule. Five steals, six blocks for Southeast Louisiana. Uh, for their part, Utah State had six steals, so they definitely picked up the steals later in the game trying to uh, pour on a little bit more aggressive uh, defense to get back into it. Uh, did have two blocks on the day, uh, but uh, Utah State goes to 1-1 uh, one and one on the season for yeah. the women's basketball. And there another conference game. Uh, any other conference games? Uh, it looks like uh, we were watching that Fresno State-UC Santa Barbara game. Yeah, that's what I was keeping on. It, it went final, or just barely updated to say it's final. Uh, UC Santa Barbara beating Fresno State 61-54. So. Ooh, the Gauchos. So, yeah, Fresno State going to 1-1. One one, UC Santa Barbara 2-0. and oh. And currently Air Force with a 62-55 to lead over Delaware. Just under five minutes to go in that one. Utah State men's basketball hosting Bradley tonight. Pre-game coverage on our sister station, KVNU, will start at 6 on uh, 102 FM, 610 AM, and re- lead right up until tip-off 
And uh, coming up next hour, we'll get into more about this new conference commissioner and preview the rest of the weekend here on 106.9 The Fan. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The Atlanta Falcons didn't come into this season expecting to compete for a playoff spot, but even after a 4-6 and six start and a loss to the Panthers last night, Atlanta is still very much alive in the playoff chase. The Buccaneers were heavy favorites to win the NFC South, but between injuries and a poor running attack, Tampa has limped its way to a 4-5 and five start. Tampa, no doubt more talented than the Falcons. But when you look at the two team schedules, Atlanta may still have an outside shot to win this thing. The Falcons will have just one more game left against a team with a winning record. Meanwhile, the Buccaneers still have to play the Saints, a team that historically has given them problems. They have to play the Bengals as well as an uber-talented Niners team. With Tom Brady under center, it's hard to see Tampa not winning this division. But with the Falcons still biting at their heels, the NFC South appears to be wide open for the taking. As strange as that may sound, I'm Dan Patrick. Patrick, and this is Above the Noise 